This is Fat Radio International. Embrace the alternative. unlike anything on your planet the story of a boy a boy and a universe a big sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance it's a spectacle light years ahead of its time an epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds a billion years in the making Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. until 10 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International. Welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International with me, Mike Royce, and Mr. Chris Hayes. Hello there. Publisher and editor-in-chief, respectively, of Starburst Magazine, the world's longest-running magazine of horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and any other weird thing that you think we ought to cover. And 
Today we are not live because this is a pre-recorded show because we're featuring a very special interview with a very special person. Back on the 5th of February this year at Fab Cafe, you may have heard of that, we may have a little bit to do with that venue, and we invited somebody, not thinking in a million years that they would agree to come and pay us a visit, but the gentleman himself, he said yes. We had a lovely chat and he agreed to put on a show. We held an an audience with Kendo Nagasaki, didn't we? We did, yeah. And for those of you who are not aware, this individual... I, I, doubt if you're listening to this show that you do not know who this gentleman is because if you're listening to this show you'll be into superheroes comic book fantasy wrestling's a big crossover of our uh, most of the people that listen to this show are into it and say remember mr andrew pollard one of our uh, one of our prestigious writers was absolutely obsessed but the most famous person that you know on this show is starburst shauna who was at this event and you could say that wrestling is something she's interested in. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you have to live with this as well, don't I, you? I do, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're flatmates, yeah. just to get that clear. I wasn't suggesting anything else, was I'm just, I? I'm just setting the My boyfriend straight. might be listening and I wouldn't want to cause any problems. So, oh, that actually sounds like I'm covering something up, that, yeah, doesn't it? Does. it? So, okay, right, well, backpedal. Well, then that. I guess I started it. Yes, so. okay. Yeah. Anyway, there's nothing going on. No, I'm just stuck with it. Yeah, this She's is stuck a, with me. It's called a tenancy agreement. Yeah. Um, some of these things are longer than prison sentences. Yeah, for pur- very serious things. Purgatory. Yes, Slash purgatory. Indeed. So, Kendo Nagasaki was an icon during it. Is an icon. See, mm. I'm already slipping up and saying the wrong thing. He's always been an icon, but at his peak during the 80s and 90s over the 70s when I first started watching him I used to watch wrestling with my granddad on a Saturday like many many people who'd be listening to this show did and a lot of the wrestlers there they weren't as interesting as say The Rock or any of these flamboyant American wrestlers are now that are often just people in flamboyant costumes who don't do very much Um, this everybody else at, at the time on the wrestling circuit, they were kind of like some of them a little bit overweight and wearing leotards, and yeah, they weren't that. No, I'm not going to say anything wrong, am I? Or, or inappropriate? They, they just looked like some of them looked like your dad had just put a a wrestling costume on, and some didn't. And the big standout for me was Kendo Nagasaki because he came on and he had that mask, he had the enigma. He looked like he was capable of literally ripping you in pieces. He, I believed this was the real deal. And it turned out where you'll find out in the interview whether or not this was an actor or whether he actually was capable of doing these things. Uh, that is addressed. A lot of things are addressed. And he's, it is a breathtakingly honest interview. I'm so honoured that he came to Fab Cafe and did this show. And as I say, back in the day, when he decided to unmask, oh, there there was, there was the the sort of viewers you would get for a major episode of one of the soaps, Coronation Street, EastEnders. It was that big, everybody tuned in. And he was such an enigma and nobody knew exactly what he looked like under that mask. And that, again, is addressed about 
you know, the uh, comic book theatricality of him. They, that's what appealed to me because I was reading comic books and he was like someone out of a comic book. I was kind of watching wrestling out of duty because my granddad and me would watch it every Saturday and he'd go, oh, come on, it's on. And sometimes I'd get a bit bored. And when Kendo started to appear and I first saw him, that's when I started to want to see what was going to happen. You know, when and when that, that unmasking took place, I couldn't believe it because I was expecting the mask to come off and he'd be some boring guy that looked like an accountant, you know. And even my granddad said, don't get too excited, you know. I mean, you know, he's just going to be a guy under the mask and all that. <laughs> Rips the mask off, big red, glowing red eyes like something out of a Count Dracula film. Shaven head, this ponytail and this um, pentagram tattooed onto, <laughs> onto his head. And then I looked really? to my granddad and my granddad went, oh, no, to be fair, that, 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 that he does look pretty good, doesn't he, you know. Um, <laughs> and he carried on for a long time. He was a legend of wrestling just the world over. He's been copied as well by other wrestlers. You, hence, you have people like King Kendo and all that. I don't want to get sued by anybody here, but I'm just saying I consider Kendo Nagasaki to be the original and I don't care what what. Uh, agreements have been reached with other wrestling promoters. Well, I'll tell you this actually. Um, uh, Alan Boone was uh, one of our writers. He was he was in attendance that day, and yep. he said to me, "How about we do an article on the uh, the the other kendos of the world, the people that have taken that uh, that iconography the and kind copy of re- kendos, copy kendos." There yeah. we go. We've even yeah. got the title all yeah. figured out. So yeah, look for that in a later issue of Starburst magazine. Yeah. I think I think that'd be a fantastic um, article, but the crossover is there with our readers because, it, as I say, a lot of people who were of a certain age remember watching that. But even younger people, who probably weren't young enough, to, weren't old enough rather to have seen it when it was on TV, they know who he is. There was a lot of young people in that audience. There were a lot of people that couldn't have possibly seen it live on TV, so they must have been told and found out about it. But the other people I've spoken to who are into wrestling. He's, a, he's an icon. So you didn't have to have seen him live. You rem- you know from other people about this this icon of British wrestling. I'm, I'm saying British. Yeah, I know he went uh, he got, went over to the states. He broke America, which hardly any of them ever did. But he's a, he's a British icon, isn't he? That's fair enough. I don't think he'd be offended by that. No, no, it's just true. No. It's like like me and you, we're British icons, no, aren't no, we? No, that, that's not. Is that not? That, that's inaccurate, no, but Kendo, But yeah. Well, we get lots of angry emails. I thought we, we, we'd get a lot of, um, we get a lot of emails, don't we? But we're not getting any today. So if anybody's listening who's got a problem, I'm afraid we're not live tonight. So you can email and we will read your emails at studio at fab, um, radiointernational.com. But we won't be reading them tonight, so we'll deal with them in the morning. So there you go. But do email in if you've got any comments, because we will read them out on next week's show. Not Um, not every single one of them. Depends what they say. 
Exactly. Depends what they say if they're being... Yes. No, no, to be fair, right? I read the bad ones out as well as the good. If they're having a go, yeah. I still read them out. I've been doing the show for 12 years. I do know that. Yeah, I know you do. And yeah. I know you wish I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I just... I get... I, it's easier for me for therapy. I'm just if saying... I just deal with it then. and We can't guarantee we'll read them all out. I know. What well, if 100 appear? You know, and they're all talking oh, about... Oh, thanks for giving away the fact that 100 would be a lot. The, you know, there was an enigma going there about us then, where maybe we get a million emails a night, you know. Uh, look, Who knows? People Hundreds. have been listening to the show for a while. They, they know. Hey, we get what more... What kind of show would right, it be I'm, if we just I'm, read 100 I'm sorry, emails I'm, out? I'm going to say something now. This is a busy radio station. We get more emails than anybody else, any other show that's on this radio station. Sorry, um, it just is the case. And, and you know what? Do you know how I know? Because I'm nosy and I have a look. <laughs> I, I do. At least I admit it. Of course I do. I have a look. I want to know if we're doing all right or not, don't I? Yeah. Of course I do. Anyway, I think we we have preambled long enough. Mm. And I think that now it is time to give you the interview with the British legend, the icon, the most uh, interesting person that I have met for a very long time, Mr... Kendo Nagasaki, live in an audience at the Fab Cafe, 5th of February, 2023. And I even got the year right. A big, big, massive welcome to Starburst Radio, to the legendary Kendo Nagasaki. Hello there. Yes, and this is a unique one, Kendo on the radio, and he's talking. That's right, yeah. I can speak now, and I'm up to the mask. <laughs> so, what was your decision to come to come out outside the mask? Well, I decided that I was going to write my autobiography, which is Kendo Nagasaki, the man behind the mask. And I thought to do that, of course, I've got to reveal myself. So I decided I could talk to people without the mask. It's, it's, it's good, and it's a very interesting book. It's, You've it, read it, haven't you? Yeah, it co- co- covers all your life, and... Uh, the ups and downs and yeah, and all been a few of them, hasn't it? everything in between. Uh, but for the listeners, how, how did you get into wrestling? How did I get into wrestling? I started off by doing judo in 1957, and I met a guy called Kenneth Shirama. He was a, an eighth dad at the time, the highest grade of judo could ever to come to this country at the time. And I trained under him for three and a half to four years. I learned judo, aikido, and kendo, both to all to a fairly high degree. And before 1964, when I was scheduled to go to Olympic Games, really, I wanted to go. I lost a finger in, a, in an accident. Fighting accident, actually, but never mind. And uh, I couldn't go to the Olympic Games. So I'd already met a guy called Count Martelli, who was a professional wrestler. I was a professional wrestler, not a proper wrestler. Yeah. And he said, well, why don't you come into the professional job and make some money? And so... I decided I was going to go professional wrestling. And he introduced me to Wigan Gym, which was called Riley's Gym at the time. And I met Billy there, I met Billy Riley, who was reckoned to be one of the best catch trainers, or wrestlers as well, in the world at that time. And I trained under him for another two and a half to three years before I went professional wrestling. And I, and the 13th of November, 1964, I had my very first professional wrestling match in Will and Old Bass with Mark Rocco's father called Jumping Jim Uzzy. And I, because I'd seen Count Bartelli, he was a mass man, although he was, and he was a babyface. Because he was a babyface, I thought, Kendall's going to be a babyface, isn't he? Because I've gone in the ring and all this 
gear and looked like a samurai warrior and they wouldn't take it. So that night I, I was changed from a baby face to a villain. I got in the ring and, and we're working away, we call it working in those days, <laughs> working away with Jim, jumping Jim, and he said, this isn't fucking, I, mean, I swear on you, this isn't fucking working. He does it all the time. I said, why? He said, you can't be a baby face in that outfit. He said, go fill it. I said, how do I do that? He said, leave it to me. <laughs> and that night Kendall was turned into the character that you see yeah. eventually. The big bad guy. The yeah. big bad guy. That's where it started. But I didn't want it that way. I wanted to be a nice guy. I want everybody to love me, but they wouldn't. <laughs> During the 70s and 80s, um, I used to watch, like many people who would be listening to this interview, probably watched it with the parents wrestling at, uh, what was it, quarter past four, four o'clock? Yeah, everything on, stops on, at four. Yeah, were, were yeah, World of Sport. World of Sport. And of all the characters, there were a lot of ex- exotic, interesting characters in the wrestling game at that point, but... You were the closest thing. I was into comic books, and a lot of people were into comic books, the American ones. Yeah. And you were the closest thing to some real-life supervillain um, with the mystique, and the, there was so much more to the act. Uh, was it influenced by comic books as well? The only, only thing that actually influenced Kendall at all was Gort from the day the Earth stood still. Yes. And I based the... The idea that Kendall was just did what Kendall did mm. in a, a mechanical sort of way on yeah. Gort. Gort came along and he just did what he did because that's what he did. And Kendall was the same thing. Now, if you look at Masters of Canvas and Peter Blake, Sir Peter Blake that is now, he picked up on that and he said Kendall didn't seem to be like the other wrestlers. He just came and did it because that's what he did. So the idea did actually get over to people who really thought about it. And Peter yeah. was one of the first people that actually I met that really got, got the idea. When you were fighting, every week people were, whenever you were on, one of the big things was, will someone get that mask off this yes. time? And I remember a few times where people were pulling it and it was nearly off and everyone was absolutely fascinated. And, and I remember the, the one weekend my granddad said to me, He's, get, he's actually unmasking himself today. It's a big event. And I couldn't believe it. I said, no, he, uh, it's not real. He said, yes, it's happening. And then my granddad said, he'll, he'll only be some boring guy under there when he takes it off. And when it actually, the mask came off, I, my granddad went, oh, I was wrong about that. He's really, really strange looking, isn't he? What influenced the look when the, you were masked? You've got to try and study the wrestling business, really. Yeah. And in order to get over in the wrestling business, you've got to be different. Now, you have to find out what's different about you and try and play on that and, and enlarge on it, really. Yeah. <clears throat> so I knew when the mask was going to come off, I got to look different. I looked like Joe Bloggs, the guy mm. you can see over the garden wall, as you might say. That's yeah. not Norman M, by the way. <laughs> Somebody, you know, the next-door neighbour. I didn't have to look like that. So the whole thing had to be made to look the eyes there, the tattoo. Because in those days, to have a tattoo on the top of your head, I know nowadays people have them on their faces, but when I did it, nobody had a tattoo I've on them. I've never seen one like no. that. So Not it, a pentagram. It was something unusual, something yeah. out of the ordinary. And I, I always went, right from day one, I went that little step further. When I came into the wrestling business to start with, <clears throat> in 1964, as I've just told you, I'd studied the wrestling business with Count Bartelli. Count Bartelli wore a mask. And he was a great mask wrestler, but he modelled down to the ring in a dressing gown and a pair of shorts and tights. 
and it did, the match didn't start until the bell rang and he started wrestling. I wanted people to, when Kendall appears, people, bloody hell, what's that? So I wanted this shock horror thing. It's something different. Now, I'd noticed Billy Two Rivers and people like that that made that little bit of difference because he looked different. So I wanted a totally different look for Kendall Nagasaki. And I'd already done Kendall to a fairly high degree with Kenoshiro because yeah. Kenoshiro's father used to make the swords. Yeah. And Kenoshiro was the fifth Dan at Kendall. And I studied under him and I've got the armor and all the things, all the things that you need to do kendo as a sport. And I thought, how can I adapt that to the wrestling ring? And he'd given me an actual samurai sword. It's not an old samurai sword. It's one that they gave to the military during the Second World War, an officer's sword. Mm. And he gave that to me. And I thought, well, how can I get that into the ring? And how can I make all this work? So that's how it all formulated. And people think that Nagasaki Park actually comes from... Uh, the town of Nagasaki, yes. which is the pl second place to be yes. bombed by the atomic bomb. Yeah. It doesn't, it comes from Shinwaiman Nagasaki, oh. which was a famous warrior in the 13th, the 1300s. And he's the one that, when the, sh when the shogunate failed in 1333, 1333, 13, mm. 13 letters in Kendo Nagasaki, Friday the 13th, Kendo starts wrestling. So 13 is a very important number for Kendo. Mm. And Shinwaimo Nagasaki led his family, he was only a 15-year-old samurai, he led his family in what they call sepulchre, which is his formal suicide, because he'd been defeated by the emperor at the time, and the shogun had failed or was dismantled in, 13, in Kamakura. So it was based on that, not on the atomic bomb. Yeah. And I, because I was interested in the background of it all, and through Kenoshiro, I'd sort of read about these things. And these things sort of went into my um, psyche, I suppose you could call it. And I want to bring all that to bear. All these things were playing, as a youngster, they were all playing on my mind. And I was trying to formulate these things together. So and Kendo emerged, really, out of all that. So it's, it's not just, it wasn't just, an act, like a lot of people, it's just it cynical just act. It was you, this was your culture, the mythology that interested you. I think I wanted to be a samurai warrior. I'd sort of studied it yeah. and I'd been at the feet of the master of Kaneshiro because mm. he was a true samurai his ancestry go back to the samurai right. and the way he, tr he treated us when I was training I mean unfortunately I, I'm dis I was dyslexic as a child I'm still am and so I didn't read and write very well now when I was training with Kaneshiro I lived in a place called Crew, where the Rolls Royce cars are yeah. <laughs> and I, I lived in Crew, and when he was training he said necessary come to London I thought how can I go to London I've got to get he didn't say come to London I'll keep you yeah. just come to London oh yeah thought, well, how can I go to London you know I'm going to go what do I do for a living because I'm just a working lad you know I mm. need to go to work to earn my living and I couldn't go but he treated you like the, the samurai would say to a pupil follow the master mm. and he thought you'd just drop everything and follow but as a European living in this country in the 50s you couldn't do that Mm. I couldn't just drop everything and follow the great man and live on the mat, you know, you go and bed down on a, on a, in a dojo on the mat, you couldn't do that. I had to try and, uh, so I followed him as much as I could, which meant mostly weekends and courses and things like that. But he truly wanted me to sacrifice everything and follow him. So that sort of idea took root, but I didn't quite know how to do it. But Kendo, I think, emerged from that feeling of wanting to be a samurai warrior that could truly abandon everything to be this warrior and 
Kendall emerged from all that, those feelings in those days. Because I was a very, as a child, I was a very lonely sort of child. I mean, I was, my mother, my real mother, of course, wasn't, wasn't she was married, but her husband wasn't my father. Right. So I was adopted. My adopted mother died when I was seven, so I was left with two men, my grandfather and my father, and neither of them really wanted to be bothered with a, a seven-year-old. So I was a very lonely, left on my own, wondering what was going on in the world. And characters sort of like Gort or people like that, you know, things like that, yeah. sort of bolstered me up. Yeah. And Kendo then came along and he was the big bolster. He was the one that really took over and gave me all that uh, inspiration to do things that I never had as a child. I, I latched onto that and thought, I've got you. I've got you. you are mine. You are mine and I'm going to run with you. Because Keneshiro started off, because when, in 1961, I was, I was nine days off my 20th birthday, and he graded me first dan. That's the first uh, grade mm -hmm. of black belt. He pulled me out in front of a, a group of people, and I just beat a third dan as a brown belt, third dan judo, so I just beat him. And he produced this certificate, and he said, for a very special student, I do myself. And he gave me this certificate that he'd done in his own hand, which it turns out to be kanji, of course, which is Japanese writing. And the idea that I was very special, nobody had ever said that to me before. Mm -hmm. Very special. And that, it registered even to this day, I could still hear him saying it in my head. And whenever I do things now, I think I'm special. I might have got it wrong, but I still think I'm special. I think a lot of people think you're special. And, but he told me, and I couldn't have it from a bet. You know, this guy yeah. was the magic man. I mean, he could go on the mat with 20 people, you know, and he was in his 40s and just beat them one after another. So I think, this man thinks I'm special, must have been special. And I took that. It's a bit like when you, when you do meditation, they say that, you know, you see the, uh, suddenly a light shines in your mind. It's not the light that shines from the candle, but it's something that's deep within there. And you grasp that moment and you run with it. And that was one of those moments, mm -hmm. Kedashiro. Well, Very special. All these years later, you, today we're, we're at Fab Cafe in Manchester. Yeah. You're doing an audience with. It's sold out and people are on the way here now to see you. And they're travelling from all over the UK. And that's a great testament, isn't it, that, to the, the strength of yeah. what you built. Well, I think I still get a lot of interest. I went to a, a meet and greet the other day at uh, Ready. And uh, in the execum there, mm. for Brian Dixon, who's a wrestling promoter. And when I came off, the guy that does the ring, he said, that's the best meet and greet I've ever seen. So he can't believe how many people came to see you. Yeah. We had them queuing right across the stage, right down the, the side of the building. I was there for two and a half hours after the show closed. Fantastic. They couldn't take the ring down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all wouldn't let them take oh. the ring down. For health and safety, yeah. Well, I can't get me fucking ring down. I think it was a great compliment. I thought, well, you know, it's a good problem to have. That. Yeah, he didn't like it, but I thought yeah. it was wonderful. No, no, absolutely. But I, I, I let people who come to see me. I treat them as friends, not punters. People talk them punters. I don't. I call them friends because yeah. they are friends of Kendo. They are more important to me than just wrestling fans. Yeah. I do appreciate their interest in what I've done and how I've done it all. not what I but what, what Kendo's done because I do treat Kendo as a separate entity I'm you know I am not Kendo Nagasaki no, I can never be Kendo yeah. Nagasaki 
We get that. Kendall is something. He in, inspires me, and you know I'm constantly inspired by the Kendall thing, and that's that all comes from Kenneshura. Without Kenneshura, there'd be no Kendall Nagasaki. If you look at what Kenneshura had, you'll see how great he was. He was the, the magic man. I mean, he was so good, and he was going back to before the Second World War because he was five times Tokyo champion, which meant he was the world champion at the time yeah. at judo, five times. And he taught the Tokyo, I think they had the Tokyo Osaka Police Force also. He's a very high, highly regarded person. And he developed his own style of judo. Mm -hmm. And I've given out tonight a leaf of a thing that says Kushindo on it. That was his system of meditation, which he taught me from 1957 onwards. And I've, I've been, he never taught you how to do it. He, he, was, he was like a proper old-fashioned... Uh, guru sort of person yeah. he didn't tell you what to do he, he made you find your own way and it was just cushioned necessary cushioned but he never told you what it was it was just the way of the circle but yeah. find out what it's all about and I've been sort of finding my way through that ever since mm. so I don't even know even now but I think I do what was it like that you got fame in a big way well, that unmasking was it 15 million 10 million it was million it was the sort of figures that it, only it, it, Coronation it did Street 16 gets 16 million people yeah that, that's that's more than than most of the soaps get now well, and sure. you did times it times were different now yeah, yeah I know that's what I'm only getting three at channels. you <laughs> did it you did it before uh, social media though so so you, you couldn't self promote and promote in the way that every no. person wants to be famous right now what was it like being that famous then at that era? I never experienced it personally. Yeah. Because I was always behind the mask. And once I took the mask off, I was anonymous. I could I walk through, yeah. See, what I once was the Stacks. That's mm. the big guy. You know, yeah. Stax. yeah. And he said, I'm fucking fed up with wherever I go, everybody wants to talk to me. They get on me fucking nerves. <laughs> well, I never had all that, did I? I, I said, see. no wonder if you see the size of you. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. You can hardly walk in the supermarket and miss you. He's yeah. like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> told Stacks. And uh, I, but I didn't have that. Right. I could take the mask off and I'm me. Clark and I, and yeah. I never, ever wanted to, before I wrote the book, I never wanted anybody to know. I kept absolutely what they now call oh, yeah. kayfabe, which yeah. is wrongly used. Yeah. That kayfabe comes from something that's the American idea. But I didn't want to. I didn't want people to know. And if people, sometimes people used to come up to me and say, "You're Kendall," I say, "No, don't be daft." I'm not. And sometimes I, I'd be out, and people actually tell me that they knew him. Yeah. <laughs> they knew, and I'm thinking they're talking to me about Kendall Nagasaki. Like, you know, they don't know him. It's that daft. I suppose it was and easier it, to keep your it's identity. That, it's that part secret, that I enjoyed really when people come up to you and yeah. say, Oh, I know Kendo Nagasaki. I think, Oh, do you know? <laughs> a little bit of smugness there. <laughs> that must, that must yeah, it's a sort brilliant. of, as you say, it's sort of, it's weird. Yeah. But I, I, I never ever wanted people to know. I wanted Kendo to be Kendo. I didn't want me in, to get in the way. Oh, I get it. I understand. I didn't want yeah. me to get in the way. And if I did, if I did that, if I'd be able see, most other mass men, in our business, that's a, what we call show business side of it. Most of them have been wrestlers before. Gordon Nelson was the outlaw. Everybody knew it was Gordon Nelson. Count yeah. Bartelli was Jeff Conley, because he wrestled before. The, 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 the Doctor Death was Paul Lincoln, but they yeah. all knew. They didn't know who Kendall Nagasaki was, because I, Kendall, was created from scratch as a professional wrestler. The man that did the act, whoever he was, never wrestled before. Right. Got a clue? 
nobody had ever seen him. They couldn't even have got a finger off. They, they, they didn't know. Yeah. Because nobody had got that finger off. So they, they, nobody knew. They couldn't say, well, it's so-and-so, it's so-and-so. Bloody hell, is it? Because they couldn't, they couldn't put a name to it. And that's what... That's really what created the interest, the fact that nobody could put a name to this character that was doing this thing. And because of that uniqueness, I was lucky enough to go right in at the top as Kendo that made it. Had I wrestled before to practice and get to know the job, yeah. it would that worked. Now, when I went into the wrestling ring for the first time in 1964, I'd never done a professional match. I'd never done a professional move. When I went to... I'd done judo to British standards because I won a judo championship. I'd done wrestling to a very, very high standard catch wrestling, which is submission wrestling. got nothing to do with professional wrestling at all. I was never taught professional wrestling. The only time I got any professional wrestling, I went to watch Count Bartelli, and I went mm. round the shoulder with him for two years watching. Never got in the ring and did it. Never got on the mat and did it. Because when you went to Wigan, they wouldn't teach you how to do professional wrestling. When I first went to Wigan, Billy Riley said to me, what Jeff does, that's Count Bartelli, what mm. Jeff does, it's not what we do here, you know. I said, no, I do know that. And he was telling me, you're not going to learn professional wrestling here. What you're going to learn here is the real stuff. Yeah. So I went into the professional wrestling biz business, never having done a professional match. Now some of these weren't at all athletes, were they? Some of them were. They it was sh- more act than they were than showmen. Actual. Yeah, they were showmen. So, but you were the real deal. So, did you have to pretty much hold back with a fear of actually I, hurting someone? I didn't hold back, and I hurt a lot of people. Okay. I a, <laughs> <coughs> when I first went yeah. into the wrestling business, oh dear. for the first year or so. I was really, really oh. heavy on people. Yeah. And I hurt a lot of people. And got a very... Uh, Joe Cornelius, Dazzler Joe Cornelius, came from London to do a show for writing promotions at Hanley. And he put him on with me. I'd been in the job about five months. I kicked the shit out of him, didn't I? <laughs> Chucked him around and God. thought he you know... I, oh, I thought he was just an old twat, basically. Oh, <laughs> so, I, I, I it's all right. It's all right. So I, I, made, I kicked him around, yeah. and he went back to Dale Martin's and told him never to book me. Now I didn't get, a, I didn't get a job for Dale Martin for a year and a half because right. Jack Dale thought I was terrible. Now it, eventually he found out that I was terrible because I was good, and Joe, Joe Cornelius was actually scared of me. Yeah, I'll mm. bet it was. And then he said. He gave me some shows and got me down there. Now, he tried to set me up. When he first got me down there, he tried to set me up with a guy called Billy Torontos. who was a guy that came from Toronto, a Canadian came into Short guy, stocky guy. Not a bad wrestler, really. And when I went down to, the, to what they called the gym at, to, in Brixton Row, I went down there to talk to him and I did a little bit of weight training. And this Billy Torontos came and got in the ring with a man that they got there who wanted to be a wrestler. So Billy Torrance was kicking him around and making a bit of... And Jack Dale came down and stood watching like this. You know. Jack Dale's the promoter, of course. Yeah. Dale Martins. He's watching. And then Billy Torrance said, do you want to get in like that? I said, oh, but eventually. Yeah. Maybe later, maybe later. But I'd been set up, hadn't I? Jack Dale had got this man down there that he thought was going to drag oh, me yeah. around to see how good I was. I was as good as he'd been told. Yeah. So I'm watching this little bastard, don't I? I think you're watching it. And I noticed he's not very tall. He's he's about about five foot ten or something like that. Yeah. So he's not the taller. And I'm at that time. I was about just under six foot two. I'm, I've shrunk mm. since then, mm. so I'm not so tall as I used to be. 
and I'm watching him and I've noticed he, he liked to get people in headlock once he got in this headlock he could drag them down to the mat and scurf them around you know yeah. and I thought he'll try that on me won't he yeah. so I mean I sussed him and I went in and I sort of bent my head like that and, and get to just uh, I know what to do yeah. and as he reached for me come up on his toes yeah. got you Boom. I took him straight up into the ceiling smashed all the lights in the ceiling oh, drove him into the mat and mauled three kinds of shit out of him Oh, Jack Taylor's, I told Jack Taylor's step back like that. Didn't work, did it? No. And I then got more and more dates. I was booked two weeks out of every month I got booked for dates. Because yeah. I'd scurfed him around. Because Jack Dale liked a hard man. Of course. He, was yeah. a bit, he, he thought it was oh. a bit... Yeah. He'd done a bit of amateur wrestling in his yeah. time, but he wasn't. He wasn't yeah. a wigged lad. He wasn't a wigged lad. Yeah, I think we're, we're coming up on the end of our time. I've yep. been hogging kendo. Do you want, have you got I, think, I think before we wrap up, can you tell us a little bit about the Kendo Nagasaki Foundation? Yeah, well, the, the Kendo Nagasaki Foundation was set up really as a Buddhist uh, retreat where we teach some of Kenoshiro's uh, ways. But now I'm, I'm running a day centre for people who learn disabilities. I did run a big care home at one stage who cared for uh, 5% of all the people in uh, care in... Uh, in Staffordshire uh, but now we do on a day centre from there and I, I'd like to it's all in a charity of course mm-hmm. I've left this big old house that I still live in to the charity and I back it up with funds that I've got from elsewhere to keep it going you know because it doesn't make money no. uh, it, it does that we do charge some fees to come but it doesn't cover the costs and uh, so I do that so it's That's, important to give back for you well, of course, what you like. I just enjoy doing it. I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a person that uh, I've had a lot of problems, a lot of hardships in my life, and a lot of, I know what a learning disability is like because I had to cover my dyslexia up all my life. I was afraid of being exposed in that way. So I know what it's like when you can't do something, when you find it difficult to do something. I mean, they're they're more some of the people are profoundly uh, handicapped. I wasn't that bad. I could get away with it. Like I can get away with it now, because mm. you'd never know if I didn't tell you, because I'm pretty chatty, aren't I? Mm. So I can get away with it, you see, but I, I just feel that you should give something back. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And uh, we, we could talk for hours. It's the wrong thing to say, give something back. That, no, sounds, no, no. that almost sounds patronising. No, it's, it's... You know, these, I just enjoy what I do. Yeah, it's a good... Yeah. It's, it's a, nothing it's to do with giving back. No, I it's enjoy a it anyway. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, and I, you know, I went I went the other day to a football match with them. We've sponsored the local football team with the shirts and everything. I took some along to watch that. I'm going to sponsor there's, a, there's handicap cr- cricket in my area, and I'm going to sponsor that as well. Buy them something like that. And then I'm going to take them to Old Trafford because sometimes I go to a, a, a dinner, you know, there an afternoon, well, lunch, not a dinner. Yeah. And they're playing cricket, so I'm going to take them along there. And they've they've said that they might raise funds for this handicap. That's great. Uh, team, so I'm, I'm getting involved with that as well. I love it. Yeah, I, I haven't got any children of my own, you know. I have got chick and a child, and, you so, know. Yes. It's somewhat so similar. Yeah, yeah, but you, I want to... You influenced I want to, a lot of children I want, I want, along I want the way. To leave that yeah. as my legacy, as you mm-hmm. might say, the, the big house and all the things that go with it. I'm looking for somebody now to, to... I haven't got anybody that's really going to take over and be the person after I'm gone. I'm a bit worried that if I cop my toes in mm-hmm. 24 hours it'll all fall in the head all the way but I'm looking for that person yeah. and I'm busy now trying to involve people that will pick up the, the reins when I can't 
carry on. No, that's right. anybody out there? Fabulous. <laughs> like I said, there's so much more we could talk about. Is your involvement in record industry and things like that? But that that'll be for another that's time. An, that's another branch of it. Yeah, it's audience. That's another bit of the nonsense. It's fun stuff. It's the business. That's yeah. The fun so, stuff. So, Kendall, thank you very much for joining My us. My pleasure. Thank, thank you, you both. Thank you very really much for coming it. in. Yep. And good luck with this this show. Thank you. Yeah, well, we do our best. <laughs> Radio, the show that sometimes remembers to bring you some of the latest genre news and reviews until they get distracted. And welcome back to Starburst Radio. Now, that was a very interesting interview. And again, I've got to applaud the honesty of Kendo there because I asked him a question about whether he hurt people and he pretty much said, yes, I really went out of my way to hurt people, (laughs) which I don't think a lot of people say. I actually nearly gasped when he said that because I thought he was going to just say, oh, no, you know, I had to be sensitive towards it because he's a real martial artist. He's not one of these people who've just got a flamboyant costume and he's, he's you know, he he was capable of breaking them in two. And it turns out that he did his best to break them in two. And, uh, and it made me laugh. He's a very candid guy, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, the, the Q&A, went, would, it couldn't have gone better. You know me, I'd, yeah. I'd, you know, hold my hands up. I wasn't around... At the World of Sport days, you know, I was a little, I think it was a little too young. Because he's a bit younger than me, you see. Just a we don't little, like just, to we don't like to mention that because it makes me feel ancient. A little bit younger, yeah. And so I was a little too. Uh, I, I think I remember my dad watching it, but yeah, I was I was hmm. already I was off playing in the garden or whatever. But you're aware well, it was mainstream television, absolutely. When we yeah. only had three channels, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it was that word sport sent me running. I only ever watched ice hockey, and then I watched that. It was my granddad made me watch. Not made me. It was something I did. I didn't do that many things with him, like um, shared interests like that. That was just something we had on a Saturday, you know. Yeah. Mm. But even from someone like me coming, in, you know, watching that show on that day, and uh, not knowing much about wrestling, I just—he was such a commanding guy. He, mm. he was so interesting. The stories were superb, and it was just really nice to see just everyone in awe of him, you know. They were and silent, and the reverence in the room to yes. him, and and he spun these tales, and it was just it was fascinating to the, watch. The tales would inevitably involve some massive person that you you know like Liberace or someone who the the he was mixing with all kinds of people he had all kinds of experiences didn't he yeah but the wasn't he generous with his time oh yeah superb that was an all day it wasn't it was many many hours yeah. that were on for people were very satisfied oh anybody that bought a ticket to that 
they got the best value for money I've ever seen. Because normally with a Q&A, and no, I'm not knocking anyone who's previously been on at FAB because we've had some cracking people there and it's been wonderful. And some, But some uh, want to be on stage more than others. Some see it as, well, I'll do half an hour and then I'll sign some stuff and then I'll go. And that's still a great experience, you know? Because uh, in half an hour, someone can tell an amazing load of anecdotes and, and people are still dead chuffed to have come down and meet met them. And other people enjoy the company and appreciate the fans. But I've got to say, if it's um, on a marking of 10, he's up there with Robert Vaughan. The Ooh, Robert Vaughan and Kendo Nagasaki. Indeed. Oh, they are the two people that have appeared at FAB that spent the, the however long the audience wanted to talk to them, they were going to stay. Yeah, no matter how tired. praised Robert Vaughan. Yeah, because yeah. he was knackered, and I could see he was worn out after an hour or so, but people still had questions, and he carried on, and I just I went over and just said, are you all right, going to get your glass of water? And he went, Mike, I'll carry on till uh, they want me to finish. And Kendo did exactly that. You couldn't have gone. Any, any. I mean, it was hours and hours, and and also the photo ops. I got my photo taken with him in costume, which is just awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, that's me behaving like a child there, but I. That's cool. I sent it to my son. Yeah, who is too young to have see. I've told him all about Kendo, and um, when I sent him that picture, he he just sent a text back and just went, "Oh God, that is such a cool photo," yeah. and it's good because you you want your kid to think you, you your day job's interesting, don't you? You know. I don't know. I don't have any. Yeah, but then you don't have all the arguing and all the grief that you you were me going so. through, do you? It's it swings and roundabouts. It is indeed. That's why I've got Mr. Paws. That's a, it's a fair compromise. That. Oh yeah. How's he getting along? He's bloody fine. Do yeah. right. Um, I went. I fell asleep the other night. Last night I fell asleep. I just lay down on the bed. You know, one of those times when you you just oh just put my head down a minute. Next minute I must have been asleep an hour. And I woke up and he was just at the side of me, cuddled up. <laughs> and he wasn't there when I went to sleep. It was so weird, you know. It was just, there you go. Bless him. Yeah. See, I still get the pussy. Alive, you better than that. Oh, that needs editing out, that, actually. Oh, boy. Yeah, that might that might need editing out, that. I'm only kidding. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. No, we all got it. Believe got me, it. believe me, I'm only, I literally am only talking about cats at this it's stage. It's ve- don't pull that one. What? It's what? look, look. Pull it, what? It's there. There you go again. It's consistent with this show, so it's fine. Keep it in. That's You're all right. Hair him off. <laughs> right. What do you want to do now? I don't know. I just. Yep. I think that's that's enough. I'm sorry, Kendo. If you're listening, thank you very much for appearing at Fab Cafe, and your fans are extremely grateful. Hopefully we can have you back someday. Yes, absolutely. Not get you back, have you back. And yeah, show you some Manchester hospitality and, you know, show you around Starburst magazine and what we do here. Yeah. Awesome. So what has been going on in the world of Starburst magazine? Oh, you don't want a piece of news? I thought you were... Music. Well, that's the same thing. Music, I was going to say. Sorry, and then I said news. <laughs> the new new Mick. News, Mick. No, no. The emerging words now. So we, you want news now? Uh, yeah. Okay. 
Anything. Anything. Yeah. Right. Did Let's you tell know? people what's going on. Did you know that they're making a new alien movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a Oh, I'm very aware of that. So we knew about the TV show, didn't yes, we? Yes, I did. Yeah. That we've been, that's been in development for a yes. long time. Yeah. I think uh, Ridley Scott was involved as a producer oh, on that. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What's the matter? I know that Ridley Scott's involved. Oh, never. Yeah, never. Probably taking a, a very, very back seat. Believe you very me. Very far. I... Way, I, way, way back he, he doesn't have the Hollywood clout that he used to have. Not anymore, no. I, I've heard on 4chan. Uh, what do you, oh, what have you heard now? I've, I've not heard about it. I've just heard, you know, that basically he wants to do various projects and uh, studios after, uh, for some reason, a, an Alien Covenant wasn't the biggest box office disaster he had. It was that one but in Jerusalem. Oh, do you remember that one? No. The one in about the, the Jerusalem. No. The fall of Jer- Jerusalem. No. You don't know the title of that. No. Well, I don't either, so I'm just as bad. But <laughs> that's the one that lost him the most money. That's his biggest box office bomb. Yeah. It's the ad. Um, oh, oh what's trying. his face out of Pirates of the Caribbean? The boring one. That that's. Orlando Bloom. Yeah, he's in it. There you go. Is oh, that any a, help? He'd be offended, wouldn't wouldn't he? If uh, you just. <laughs> You heard that. Oh, the boring one. Oh, Orlando Bloom. That's him. Well, there's a few. Taylor Kitsch, he's another one. Sam Worthless, he's another one. They, they sort of the same. They go. They must go to the same acting academy, these guys, because it's the same performance. It's it's like watching trees Bloom ain't bad. He's not that bad. He was bad in Pirates of the Caribbean. He wasn't. They're just the, the material's not there. Oh, the material's definitely not there. You know the end of the 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 central romance of the original Pirates trilogy is that he got turned into a, a fish person that that she can have sex with once every year or something. Yikes. Yep. That was literally it. And then if you thought that was bad, they followed it up in the fourth one where a love affair where a guy was shagging a mermaid. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Right. I just don't think he's very good. And I think you saying that it's all down to the movies is... is um... well, okay, give me... All right, here you go. go give me his uh, standout performance, the one that won you over uh, to his bloomage. Uh, he played himself in extras. Ricky, yeah, Ricky Gervais we can all do that. Many, we many can all play ago, ourselves, can't back we? Back when Gervais was funny. Oh, there you go. It's all all the knives are out tonight right, for everyone, aren't they? Let's let's get... see. The problem is, Kendo's had that much love that we've got to give some grief out to people. Yeah. Uh, well, right. Okay. So we had the Alien TV show, didn't we? Yes. Uh, yeah. And I still believe that's happening. I believe Noah it'll... Hawley was behind that one, so wow. I was very excited with that. Great. Oh, stop it! Noah Hawley's responsible for Legion. Masterpiece of uh, television and yeah. Fargo. Yeah. Uh, again, equally brilliant. Well, not equally. Can I just explain, just before we go on, where I am with this? Just so that you know, and then I'll be quiet and we'll go through why, we'll... what to expect from these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get back I, to at the this news. stage, at this stage with Alien, if Alien was a relationship, I am a battered spouse with a stitched up lip, a Big bulging black eye, loads of bruises all over my entire body. And I've just been, I'm now being asked to give the relationship another go. Right, okay. I think you've used that one before. I probably have. Then. 
well, as it was now I, to listen to. I've gone into every one of these films thinking I love uh-huh. the initial films, so I come in with an expectation, not not bothered about them expectations being subverted or being given something a bit different or a bit original. I go in thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to enjoy myself like I did when I watched some of those earlier films. And each time, I mean, I, I was even on board with Prometheus, by the way. I It's been when I see something that's got a little bit of originality, I quite enjoyed that, except for the way that ships fall in a straight line and you just have to run straight forward. But Alien Covenant was was my last dance with this. I mean, I, I will have to go and see these because we do this show, but I I want to get excited by what you're going to tell me. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm open to it, but I'm telling you now, I'm I'm flinching. Every time you, you, you mentioned a detail, I'm like, oh, God, no. This is how this one started. That's how that one started. How could you not be excited about a TV show in that universe, set in that universe, with a great creator behind it? Anyway, I don't think we're going to see that first. Oh, boy. What's come out of nowhere is this uh, other alien movie. Yeah. From Fede Alvarez. Yeah, almost an alien resurrection. Yep, 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 yep. So, but that's been, it's been cast now. And I saw the cast. Yeah. Well, just two of them. Just two. The two female leads. Yeah. Yeah. Isabel Merced. Yeah. Who we know very well from uh, Dora the Explorer movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember Dora and I the do. Lost City of Gold? I do. Why? It's actually really good. Yeah. But we'd, I'd previously seen her in... Um, I'm going to admit something to you. Transformers I, the I Last have, Night. I have seen it. I've seen it I've as well. I've seen it, but, but isn't it annoying that they called it Dora, Lost City of Gold? Yeah. It's Dora of, the Explorer. I know, yeah. Everybody yeah, yeah. grew up watching that, or the young people did, certainly. Yeah. And that's what I know you know, as. It's just so annoying when they do that. And you know what, though? She was really good in it. She's excellent. Yeah. Uh, she, she's great in uh, everything she's popped her up in so far. Like Transformers The Last Night, I think that was the first time we saw her. Yeah. Brilliant. Great young actress. And uh, Kaylee is, uh, oh, I should have uh, looked out to spell this name, pronounce this name. Spiny. Spiny. That would be spinny, won't it? S P A E N. That would be spinny, won't it? I don't know. Well, if it's, it's it's spiny if it's one end and it's spinny if it's two. What is what's one end? Oh, it's spiny. 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 Oh, spiny. Okay. Yeah. How can you not see that? Kaylee Spiny. Kaylee Spiny. Oh, okay. Hey, that sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, she's from Bad Times at the El Royale. Seen that? I've not seen it, but you know what? It's been, movie. it's been on my list of ones that slip the net that I want to catch up on. Yeah, great. Yeah. The Craft Legacy as well she was in. Yeah. Which was surprisingly cool. Surprisingly cool. That's a cracking uh, that's a cracking review that in it. They can put hey. that on the poster if hey. you ever bring yeah. it back out. Yeah. 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 Surprisingly cool. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. No, I never caught that. Oh, I don't think. It's absolutely terrible. Unless I was drinking at the time. It's and terrible. You, the first one was an old. Is it the one with John Boyega in? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, no, and right, he's right. and he's. Do you know what? I'm just going to say it. No. What? He's nowhere near as good an actor as he thinks he is. He overacts everything that he's in. He is so crap 
It's unbelievable. He bores me to tears, but he bores me in a different way than Sam Worthless and all these others, Taylor Kitch and all that. as Finn in the Well, that's, that's, well, yeah, he had a great time making them, didn't he? He'd be happy to take our Starburst interview, won't he, on his experiences with the Star Wars trilogy. He'll be back. Yeah, no, he won't. He will. He won't. I'd put money on it. I'd put money on that. He won't be back. Doing those films in a million years. He talks TV about show. that. He what talks about, about that. TV show? He won't do it. He hates it. He talks about that the same way I talk about my ex-wives. <laughs> he does. You know it. You've read it. You've heard what he says. And he's just and he slowly came out, didn't he? He st- he was kind of on board with Rise of Skywalker with the press runs. He wasn't talking much. The others were talking and trying to be giddy. You saw a few cracks in the armor. You saw a few of them wincing a bit when they were asked certain questions because they were literally trying to pretend that they were dead proud of the film they were in. And then, but he, oh no, he he really had had enough by the end of that press run. And it only took six months before he started doing stuff. He started going to the Black Lives... He's at Black Lives Matter demonstrations in London, yeah? And he's being interviewed about Black Lives Matter and um, and the recent executions of black people by police under the auspice of law and order. And you've got that subject. And even then, when he's being interviewed over that, he's still slipping in how shit Lucasfilm are. I, th- I think he... Good for him. I believe... Good for him. I believe that... But he's uh, a rubbish actor. I believe that I read that he'd actually gone and had a chat with yep. Kathleen Kennedy. Oh. After all this now, do you happened. Know, do you know how you've read? Because he's made sure that everybody knows. And uh, he says, uh, we're all cool now. Sure. You know? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I, tru- I truly believe that well, Liar, one day, John. probably soon, you'll you'll see no. uh, you'll see that character. It back won't happen. For. I can't. Right. Well, well, they're not going to redo that trilogy for him. And as far as uh, he's concerned, he no. he was he was he was treated like a goofball in that it, he said he he thought he was going to be the star of those three films. He thought, and it's true because if you actually read the script of the third movie that wasn't done. The um, the version that uh, Trevor did, the he was he was and it was an iconic role. It would have been amazing. He became the the leader of the uh, a massive uprising that was key to toppling it all, and he just became the goofball on the you know the away team missions, and he resented it. He was probably sold a different bag of goods, and he was I think. If you think about The Force Awakens, he was the main character, really. He really was. I mean, that out to come out of that, that first scene, which, you know, and you know I don't like that trilogy, but I'll give credit to certain bits of The Force Awakens and that bit where he had had enough of being a stormtrooper and he watched all that brutality and, had, and decided to run. He sold that. And he was really good, yeah, and that, that that character was meant for big things, and I think he feels let down by that. Now, will they make it up to him? I don't know. I'll get. I'll go with what you're saying. I, no, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with anything you say in there. That he was set up as one of the uh, uh, certainly uh, the the co lead. Oh yeah, of that trilogy. Yeah, 
and was given a much more minor role than he perhaps expected in two, and then especially in three. Mm. I'm not saying any of this didn't happen, mm. because we all know how scruffy that you know the planning of that trilogy was. Much yeah, as yeah. I kind of enjoy it, I can't stick up for certain elements of mm. it, and I never will. Mm. I know how it was made, and that's shouldn't be how you make a movie series and you know end a story on that but well they won't again they won't that will never happen (laughs) oh boy no No. but what you've got here is a character now in in kind of limbo they these characters are out there they're doing stuff right now in a galaxy far far away yeah and there is an opportunity to make amends for that kind of stuff Mm. uh we're getting some kind of distance now on rise of skywalker other uh you know novels uh, comic books are stepping in and they're kind of like doing damage control on that, you know, building the uh, the, the world of Rise of Skywalker, tidying it up, sorry. Okay. That's what I, that's what I meant. Now, but here, here's the thing, they, they, you, this is a change from you because I'm only saying that that word there you've just done, that that phrase, tidying up, yep. there, that's, that's what this is. And yes. it's making like all oh, them bits that you really hate, they're actually all right because of this. Correct. And to be honest, in the prequels, Lucas kind of did it with Jar Jar Binks. He made him the unwitting fool that brought about the end and uh, in Attack of the Clones, yeah, didn't he? Absolutely. You know, he took the criticism on board and tried to do something with it, but at least he did it within the films. Now, when and and boy, do I not want to bring up Harry Potter after last week? But Harry Potter. The thing that always annoyed me back in the day was, oh, I don't like the the um, Harry Potter one. They, they that the most annoying one, the time travel one, where it was obvious that this character was um, it was a time travel thing where his dad was uh, was him or something. I can't remember the one now. The prisoner of what is it? Azkaban. Yeah, that's that's the one. And then I was speaking to other people and they were all going, no, 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 well, what it is, you, you, you've not read the books, you see. And if you'd read the books, you'd you'd get... And I said, no, it's a standalone. It's got to stand on its own. And you were in agreement on that. It's sad. You can't just have a film and go, no, this film is all right because there's this book over here that fills in all these gaps. That's a thing on its own. I, st- I don't think that that trilogy should gain any... Um, get out of jail card for the fact that there's an extended universe and some people have put a lot of time into writing some books and telling the story better than the people who made them films. Yeah, well, it doesn't. Good. You're completely 100% right. Those films... I've will... never heard him say that. Come on, I'm going to use that clip. You're you're always going to be right. But let's face it, this is a... This is a and diff- that's another good one. What's that one? You're always going to be right. I like that. We've got to have that on the list. No, just on <laughs> in terms of in terms of that that sequel trilogy. Yeah. Nothing is going to make those movies any better. How? But what we've got is a 40, 43 year old, 45, 45 year old story in the mm. making here. Yeah. And over those forty five years, this it's it's bigger than any other mythology on the on the planet. Mm-hmm. And it's ever-evolving, including those original movies. The amount of other material that has come out, and if you want to consume it, consume it. And if you don't, don't, you know, and they're, they're always going to be great. But all the material comes out, and it fleshes characters out. And you go back and watch those episode one, two, three, four, five, six, and they change. Your perspectives change. 
every time you revisit, even the original in 1977. Mm. Since then, we've had, um, for example, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And now you'll watch that movie slightly different. It's a, it's an evolving mythology. I can and agree it, with that part, yeah, because it will... Because I was concerned with that one. They were in dangerous territory with Obi-Wan Kenobi because of that time period and it seemed like they hadn't met since the whole fall of the of, of the Republic and the Empire rising. And I they, I thought it was genius how they um they, were they playing dealt with that with fire. But you know I saw my you know my the the person that I call a, a really good bellwether of opinion who he, he's not as insane as us and actually has a bit of a normal life as well, a family life. My mate Gareth. Yeah. Saw him on Friday. Yeah. Really didn't like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. And I couldn't get... I, I, I can't remember the reasons. He just said, no, nah, I did, didn't like it. But you know what he says is the best thing since the original three films? Andor. Andor. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. He loves it. He said, And he said to me, this is it. This is all a Star Wars fan. That that's a bit lapsed, like me, who's lost interest. This is what we wanted. This is what we wanted. We wanted this. This this shows you what Star Wars should be. No, I I know where he's coming from with that, and that works for him. But I think Star Wars is all these things, mm. you know. But some just like uh, you go to a, a the movie theater on a Friday night, you know, you you've got all these things to pick from. You know, there's this comedy, there's this swashbuckling. Adventure. I don't know what year this is. You go into the pictures, but you know this choice, isn't there? There's all these different genres, but the same can be applied because it's so big and vast now to the Star Wars universe itself, to the franchise itself. Yeah, yeah. You want a political intrigue? You've got that. You know, oh, yeah. you've got your serious stuff. You've got your goofball stuff, and that's the Mandalorian. You know, and in between there, you've got Obi Wan Kenobi, which was it was quite serious. Did you see the Mandalorian? I, of course, I did. Yes, no, no, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I watched yeah. it that night when, oh. when uh, after the last episode, oh. yeah, oh, I did like that. Yes, yes, yes. Well, well, let me finish this piece of news, yeah. right? right? And this won't take long because we've we've got five minutes, and yes, then we'll that, have that's a break. fine because yeah. all this piece of news is yeah. we've got an alien movie coming instead of the TV show, right? And it yeah. stars those two uh, women, right? Yeah. And it's coming to Hulu. There we go, that's it. Hulu. 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 No, Who knew? Don't forget that Hulu were the people, that they were the... Uh, I don't mind the, Hulu. They were the streaming site that we don't have in this country. So Listen, this uh, alien movie that, will be coming to I, Disney+. Plus. I'm but they were responsible you. for Prey, weren't they? So, yes, I know. <laughs> if if I were don't the forget, kind, I'm not of, just talking to you. I know you are. I'm just saying, if I were the sort of person who downloaded stuff when they felt frustrated that they couldn't find anything, if I were that kind of person, I would find that ninety percent of the stuff that I had downloaded would be Hulu stuff. Because it doesn't have a direct platform. No, now. but what it you're does saying not. about the da- you're you mean review copies? Yeah, from the Starburst HQ in in the states. Yeah, you're but, accessing. But I'm from there, I'm, right? I'm saying that there are a lot of people that I know that that uh, do subscribe to Disney Plus. They do yeah. Amazon. They they have got all the streaming packages, yeah. but they just want to watch some of their stuff and they go sod it and they download it. There's They'd some... get a torrent and download it. There's... And you can't blame them when they if you said to them, here's your Hulu UK subscription. 
Hulu UK, how difficult is it to go to company's house, form Hulu UK PLC, and then go, yep, here's a conduit to UK residents to pay nine ninety five a month, and they would for the amount of stuff that comes out. Or would they? Who knows? But I, I would. From Hulu alone? Yeah, they, there's a lot of stuff that comes out. I did a lot more than you think. I know, but most of it goes to Disney Plus, eh? Not all of it. Well, this will. The new Alien movie oh, you've, will. Oh, you've, you've sorted it out for us. Yeah, Good. At 100%, that'll be straight away, day uh, of release yeah. on Disney Plus in this country. Uh, Just a, like Prey. Here's a question. Do you think that there is a certain um, apathy that's built up with that franchise? If you were announcing this TV show, Alien TV show and this Alien movie back in 2000 or 2005, uh, it'd be crazy. People would be going mad, wouldn't they? Yeah. Do you not think that maybe it's even if these are actually amazing that you're going to struggle to get people to turn out? Well, no. I, yeah, I know where you're coming from. We've got good credentials behind both of these projects and I hope that TV show is still coming out and it's not been jettisoned just because of this this movie. But look at the look at the business Prey did. You know, for the Predator franchise, it completely yeah. reinvigorated that franchise. I didn't hear anybody not loving that movie. No, it's a great film. It is a great movie, yeah, and if they film. if they apply that kind of sense, same sensibility to this, yeah, I think people could get. I mean, you're talking about, uh, but it's a, the, it, it's, the iconography. But that alone, point, the point that you made about oh, there all this talent that you can trust, that you like, that's on board. That bloody Predator film that everybody but you hates, Shane Black, when you heard he was doing that, that's that to me, he's done some amazing stuff. Classics. And he's done stuff that you don't like that I love. Yeah. I love Lethal Weapon 2. It's one of my favourite sequels of all time. And he wrote that. And um, Shane Black, and he, put his, he took his name off it because, you know, they altered the end. He was supposed to die at the end. It was oh, supposed to be a that. tragic thing, yeah. And he he asked for his name to be taken off it, and there was a massive to-do at the end of Lethal Weapon 2. They went back and they refilmed the scene. And if you see the end of Lethal Weapon 2, the camera pulls back and you see the Riggs and Murtaugh on the ship together. And he ain't moving, Mel Gibson. That's him holding his dead body as he pulls back, yeah. But they inserted a scene in between the, the the between him getting shot and him running over to him and him going uh, and they did a buddy buddy scene where no I'm all right I've just been yeah. shot eighteen just times but I'm all right wound. yeah and Shane Black went I want my name off this you've, you've literally fundamentally ruined it it was supposed to be a a Greek tragedy this where he found love she was again she was murdered. And then he he died at the end, and it was supposed to be like that, and he did. So I'm a fan of this, but he he was the wrong person for that Predator film. He it was a comedy. He turned it into a bloody comedy, and it was yeah. it wasn't a monster movie. He was he was trying to do something yeah. uh, something a little different. Yeah, and it was very different. Um, the 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 difference between Predator and Alien is Alien is a horror franchise, and the Predator. There's a series of monster movies, and as long as everybody understands that, Prey knew it was a monster movie. 
it was a, a showdown between a big bad and somebody equally badass. Mm. Uh, humanity versus this big bad monster. The alien, it needs to lean into horror. And I think this is where they're going back to. Yeah. Uh, especially with this one. I mean, the, the Fede Alvarez, he's uh, synonymous with horror. Mm. He directed the uh, the Evil Dead yep. remake, didn't he? Yeah. Which is 10 years that, old. That, 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 was, that was a great film. Okay, calm down. Don't don't breathe. No, that's not an instruction to you. Oh, he also boy. did that. <laughs> oh, boy. Can I ask you a Lethal Weapon 2 question? Yeah. Because I haven't discussed that movie yeah. in a long, long, long oh, time. boy. Love is there that. a bit where he dives through a cat flap? No, I don't think so. There's machine guns are ripping no, up this trailer. Bollock. He dives yeah, through a yeah, cat flap. It's not a fucking cat flap, right? Okay. Because so, I remember so, it bugged me as a kid. There was a disparity yeah, in the size of this cat you flap. Haven't, you, so it wasn't. It couldn't fit a human. Your being negativity towards this film, and then it could suggest that you need to rewatch it. It is a fantastic I didn't like sequel. Patsy Kenza but, in it. Well, she was great in it. That's just my opinion. I thought she was okay. And at the end of the day, this it was so such a powerful showdown at the end, and the the whole the the bad guys were good as well. Although it's incredibly dated now, and you've got to treat it as a period piece because it's all about you know um, South Africa back in the time. Uh, but the big mistake you're making here is he had a fucking dog, not a cat. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. why would it be a cat flap? It was a fucking hatch dog in flap. the floor. It's a dog flap. Yeah, in the floor of he was he had a trailer on the beach where he lived with his dog that was the the leftover from his marriage. It was him, the dog and his missus, and he had the dog still. So the dog was precious to him. And this trailer, he just caught a, a flap in the floor that you could hope that the dog could get through and to then, go in and out of the, of the place could, when he's not at home. And you could dive through it when Yes, but are, if it's big enough for a bloody massive dog like that, yes. Dogs are actually... There's some dogs bigger than us. There's um, some of them bloody Dalmatians are six and a half feet in length, you know. The big dogs, he had a big dog. It's called Sam, by the way. Right. You didn't even know that, did you? Well, no, because you thought it was a cat, and Sam's a silly name for a cat, isn't it? Anyway, new alien movie. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. Two good people in it, yep, and yep. coming to Hulu. Well, now you've, we've covered there everything we surrounded it. That is the one most... piece of news. That's the most comprehensive examination of this uh, upcoming movie that you're going to find. So on that, I think we should get a break, and we'll be back right after this. TV and movie theme bar. Why not pay us a visit in Manchester? For your night out, anything else just isn't far. Since 2011, hundreds of thousands of listeners have been held hostage by Starburst Radio. Across the world, 24 hours a day. And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. And uh, let's read a few emails 
Oh, we can't. We're not live. Oh, well. What, what a you, shame. What do you want instead? More news. More news. Because we've covered one piece hey, so we, far. Hey, we hey. covered it comprehensively it in that good. we covered pretty much every franchise that, that ever was except for that, really. <laughs> except for Alien. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. Here we go. Let's go back to the MCU. Good old MCU. Oh, okay. yes. Some MCU breaking news. This just happened before we came on air, actually. Did it indeed? It did, yeah. John Bernthal yeah. is officially back as Frank Castle, a.k.a. Oh. The Punisher. Oh, right. In, uh, I thought you'd be thrilled at this. Yeah. In Daredevil, oh. Born Again, oh, which is yeah. the upcoming... 18-episode-long yep. Daredevil series. Yep. When 10 episodes seemed a bit much. Uh, even though I loved that show, there was one or two episodes here and there where you felt, mm, this, uh, this one isn't that great. I find that length troubling. 18 episodes is actually close to uh, the old soaps like Dallas and Dynasty. Yeah. They used to do 24 episodes a season. In fact, you know what? When they were at the peak... In 1982 to 83, shows like Dynasty and Dallas, main network shows, did 30 episode yeah. seasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you literally had 20 weeks off. You had less time with them not on air than with them <laughs> on air. I mean, that is amazing. The, out the hell. And, and this is early 80s, no VCRs and mass ownership then. So you People were, be there. You were there, and this was a fucking sequential soap. You know, you had to be there. So, yeah, I mean, even stuff that had one season, right? You know, when, oh, the uh, the sadly cancelled season of, like War of the Worlds, the TV show, yeah? Uh, back in the 80s. That oh, got cancelled. Oh, all the, the rubber monsters yeah, knocking yeah. around bins Bin, all the time. They, No, they were coming out of oil cans. That's you, it. You, you always sort of know what I'm talking about, and you change it into something weird. So, no, they were in oil drums. What, what, you know, you, you're not normal, you. Of course they'd be in oil drums. And oh, not yeah, bins, yeah. yeah. That makes much more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the it wasn't so, a budgetary so thing that, at all. So that was cancelled after two seasons. Yeah? yeah, it was twenty-four episodes a season. So that was cancelled after forty-eight episodes, and it's viewed as being cancelled early in a failed show. Yeah, and it had forty-eight episodes. Right, that that gets you to like season five of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. It's weird though, isn't it? And we used to just, that's how we used to consume stuff. So have we become impatient? Can we not, where, do we not have the stamina for a, lo, a long-term burn like that? Like 24 episodes. Buffy was 22 episodes, wasn't it? It was, and we yeah. never felt the uh, burn out there, did we? Ever. So what's what's changed? Um, Why could we watch 22 episodes of Buffy, but watch 10 episodes of a Netflix show and feel like it's a few episodes too long? Well, back in those days, back in the uh, the nineties, the uh, early uh, aughts, there were there was less titles out there, wasn't there? Much less. So, and you didn't have social media. You didn't have uh, you know iPhones. We didn't all have no. a computer in our pocket, no. or you know a PS Five or this. Nowadays, we're just there's so much demand for our uh, attention at all times. Podcasts, even podcasts. You're they nailing it. You're nailing they it. They didn't exist. You no, know, you're nailing it. That's so literally it, isn't it? We are drowning in content. In, in content. Consumable content. But it's and all, we don't we've only got the same amount of time. Yeah. So we're squeezing other things out sure. to make room yeah. for social media. Oh, an hour or two a day 
uh, like screen time when it gives you a breakdown of screen time. Oh, it's it's, it's a bit of a shocker, isn't it? Yeah. Because I can't. I when it says I've been on my phone. Oh, you've been on your phone two hours less this week. Two hours less. Yeah. I was on the movie. phone for two hours. That's even a movie or two or three episodes yeah. of something. When was that happening? I don't remember that. And you know what's the weird thing? There's still loads of people I haven't replied to. Yeah, oh, no, it's hard. That I'm behind with. Yeah. So we're behind on our entertainment. You're behind on your uh, correspondence. You we spend our lives behind. So I guess back then we had more time. We can just luxuriate in front of a twenty-four hour, twenty-four episode long mm. uh, season and love every minute. It's, it's like it's, yeah, season two of Buffy. I wouldn't have changed an episode. No, no. You know that was all, like all perfect classics. television. It? But it's nothing to do with the quality, I think. I think budgets have gone a lot higher. Way higher. Way, way higher. Because they, they, they're bringing out movie quality stuff. We didn't yeah. have time to speak. We hinted at Mando before. But you look at the opening sequence of that. Look at the episode as a whole. It's a oh, movie, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it's yeah, movie yeah, quality. Yeah, you don't it's, need... Yeah. It any better than that? No, no, uh, no. Just knocking it out of the park and look at. Uh, I love that. The Last of Us as well. Yeah. Oh, that. All oh, right, I've got to say there've been more episodes than not where it felt like I'd watched a film. So you've just watched the penultimate episode. Yeah, I'm gonna go home and watch the other one, the latest one, oh, episode eight. Sorry, that's the penultimate one. Yeah. That's right. Uh, sorry, I I've thought, not you, seen I thought it you were one ahead of me. Right, okay, so you've got that to watch, and then you've got the finale. Yes. I don't think the world is quite ready to learn that that is the last episode, and right. they're not going to see that the rest of that, that you know, season two. Yeah. For probably, I don't think they'll get that out next year. Okay, It'll let's probably let, be let, let, For someone who's not played so the game. They, they this can is, double that. This is, they could have doubled it. Right, there are two video games, Last of Us, Last of Us 2. Is this season that I'm watching of The Last of Us now. Is this the story of the first game and season two will be the story of the second game and then that's the series finished? That is a good question. I I can't I just can't see that. Feels like it's got a long way to go. Yeah. There's a lot of questions. I've got to say, the one that I saw last week in the shopping mall. Yeah, the flashback. Was yeah. magnificent. Mm. But if only for what a set. You know, we were all... Anybody who grew up watching Dawn of the Dead has always got a thing about, oh, wouldn't it be great to be in a shopping mall that's deserted? And that kind of spun it round as... you Can can you compare that shopping mall with the shopping mall in Dawn of the Dead? Oh, OK, it's been left to rot for a lot longer. But that felt like what it would really be like if you got the keys to a shopping mall after the the apocalypse. That felt like... The real thing, and I know she was dead excited because she'd not seen any of this, and that's the playing that by the way brilliantly. How excited she gets at seeing everyday stuff, yeah. Um, take for granted, yeah. yeah. Um, that's an amazing aspect of the show, but that, that, um, it kind of uh, when you got in there, you'd be kind of like, oh, yeah, it's, oh, it's a bit icky, you know. I wouldn't have been as excited as a the amusement <laughs> arcade, yes. But the rest of it, I mean, it, it's quite funny, isn't it? Because the only shop that had anything left was Whole Foods, like uh, Holland and Barrett, their version <laughs> of that. That It just goes to show, doesn't it? Where, where when the apocalypse hits, you're not after your vitamins. Nah, all that can go by the wayside. Yeah. Well, I do I do know that the uh, this TV show, 
will only go up to the events of The Last of Us Part 2, the ending yeah. of that. But um, there is a big time jump between those two games. Right. So surely that means there's a there's a lot more that there's they can do. There's a season or two in yeah. between, yeah. Yeah, so even yeah. though they're saying they'll end it at, you know, at the end of The Last of Us 2, yeah. that's the full story. There's quite a lot of opportunity to explore different stuff that has mm. not been told in the games before. So I, I'm not sure. I don't. I can't see it just being two seasons. There's not much one padding, game, is there, two game. There's not much padding in this. I mean, this so far. If you said to me, right, you've got to lose an episode, you can't. They're, no, all, they're all essential great. episodes. They all propel the story forward in some significant way, yeah. and yet you can watch them weirdly on their own as a standalone. Because you can always get the gist, kind of, that she's on a journey somewhere with this guy and they've got to get there. And it doesn't matter why. This is, it's like The Incredible Hulk. It's like a lot of these old TV shows where they just move into town, there'd be a story, and then they'd drift onto somewhere else. But it's just, it's very good. We haven't had that kind of storytelling for a little while, have we? No, not like this. Mandalorian's quite like that, actually, isn't it? That's that's more standalone. It was when it first started, definitely. It was kind of like a Western, wasn't it? You drift into town and fix your problems and all that. The the problem is, it's not a problem. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Some people... A lot of people are enjoying it. There's some toxic people out there that just hate watch bloody everything at yeah, the moment. Yeah. There, there, is they, a, there is, there is, as we've discussed. Yeah, like, yeah. There's plenty of other things out oh, there yeah. to watch. If you don't oh, like yeah. it, yeah, just watch something just else. Just watch there's something loads. else, but instead of doing a YouTube video about it and getting yeah. a million views, you know, uh, I wonder why they're bothering to do it. Um, uh, so the thing is, it Baby Yoda sort of got grabbed the main focal attention and I really it does even though he's an amazing creation I love the character I love that I do like the show very much but it's a shame that him as a main as a character on his own didn't get a season this year just to be out there being badass being mourning the loss of his friend his son his companion and then you'd have this magnificent part where they got back together yeah. at some point. But he He's needed to be that, he yeah. needed to be know. on his own kicking ass. He it's... needed to just be let off the leash and be feral for a bit. And He's not... one of the most dangerous people in the galaxy. And he, let's see him being Clint Eastwood in the man with no name Clint Eastwood mode. You know, as much as I love Star Wars, and I really do deeply, you know, uh, here we go again. Like my assessment of the sequel trilogy before I think that was really inelegant what they did yeah. they built up to this incredible moment where they those two characters part ways yeah. so significant it got him cast out of being a Mandalorian yeah. for doing that and then in one episode of yeah. someone else's TV show they reunite and uh, season three drops and they're back together and so non it Favreau actually he had didn't to want, recently didn't want it. Didn't want this to happen. It was forced on him. Right, two years. Yeah, apparently Grogu was yeah. with Luke Skywalker. Yeah, two years. Yeah. So what we what 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 could we have had yeah, in that time? That like you say, <clears throat> at least a season. Make it matter. Make now when you ever watch revisit that episode of it Mandalorian season two. Gravitas. No, 
you no. you you won't care. You it literally feels, will not it care. It feels like still be a good episode. No, but... until that point, it felt like there was an integrity there. They were telling a story. It may not be going how you want it to go, but the story is being told. And then now it feels like no, we this is our toy product. This is what what is it? We got advice in a. Um, a workshop about the magazine where you get feedback from your publisher, your your um, your um, distributor, as to what sells on the uh, uh, and there are big selling points apparently uh, that a lot of the magazines have, and they they're asking us what's your uh, thing, and and their phrase was what's your pepper pig, yeah, yeah. And they basically turned this into, well, well, yeah, that's our Peppa Pig. Yeah, it yeah. won't work without Grogu. I'm not sure like... if America, our American listeners will know what that is. I can't even describe what Peppa Pig is, but it's a very popular children's TV show. It also happens to sell shitloads whenever a children's comic has Peppa Pig on the cover. If only it was that easy producing our magazine there is no Peppa Pig yeah, we, we cover a, a, a lot of too many things uh, do you know what I, I, I'm going to argue maybe maybe uh, maybe Yoda could have been our Peppa Pig if we'd have just splattered him all over the cover of every single issue but then nope. you've got no integrity no then. because there's, there's, plen- there's pen- plenty of readers out there who don't like uh, Star Wars yeah so they'll, they'll just get tired of that and maybe pl- we should you know. have just used Peppa Pig Nah. Just put it just put it on there. See what happens. No, we please. end up with loads of ten please, year olds no. reading it and all the parents queuing at the door. What's yeah. this language and it's only a movie and I was what, gonna say what's going on. That's a particularly spicy it's only a movie in this issue. Yeah, I was particularly in a very I, that's the first time I've wrote that in a bad mood. Not suitable. A really for bad it's not. So let's not yeah. put up a pig in um issue four eight one, my column, it's only a movie. Not really child-friendly this month. Just saying. One last thing about uh, Grogu, Baby Yoda. Yes. And this has been bugging me, so I need you to help me out on this, okay? Yep. In episode one of The Mandalorian, we're told that he's 50 years old. Yes. Uh, So that, um, he's 50 years old, but he acts like a two-year-old. This is what gets... Let me finish, please. Let me finish. I've had this thought. Now, yeah. oh, no. in Return of the Jedi, yeah. or Empire Strikes Back, one of the two, Return Yoda, of the Jedi. Yoda tells him when 900 years old you are, yeah. that's Empire so, Strikes Back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so like, I always assumed that Yoda died at around about 900 years old. 900 years old. So that's, that's, a, lifespan. that's so, a lifespan. So you've got to so divide got 50. So, and he acts like a two-year-old. Would well, you he's agree? a five-year-old then, isn't he? Because you've got to do it like cat and dog years, right? So if he's 900 years, so let's divide it by 10 and say that Yoda died at 90. That's a, that's a reasonable age for someone No, 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 die. hang on, you're missing my point. Oh, go on. Yo, you, it's the, he's the smoking gun. Grogu's yeah. the smoking gun. He's yeah. 50. Yes. And acts two. Yeah. So you divide 50 by two. Yeah. Right? And, oh, hang on. No, I, I'm lost now. But like, how many 50s are in... Um, in 900 900 divided by 50 yeah but right. if you get if you were if you just divide Times it by two. 10 if you divide it Yoda's by 36 he's acting like a 36 year old if you go by the metric of Grogu oh no I don't think so yeah uh, because if Grogu's fi- right he's 50 
And he's acting like, yeah, you see, yeah. but you don't know what a two-year-old behave like. You don't know. Uh, he's no. not quite that though. He's got a bit. He's got more intelligence than that. Although he's happy to commit genocide when there's some eggs around. But there's. Um, he's been on the planet for fifty years right, old, and right. he's he's cooing and right. Look, the way again, I love Star Wars. The, I love Baby Yoda. Okay, the easiest way of looking at this is Yoda is nine hundred years old and dies. So let's say yeah. nine hundred years. Well, that'd be, say, appropriate for a 90-year-old to die, right? So, say, it's 10, it's divided by 10. So, Yoda died at 90, yeah? So, if he's 50 years old, then he's five years old in human terms, yeah? So, if he dies at 900, he's 90 years old in human terms. Then Grogu at five, at 50, is five-year-old in human terms. So, he's actually a five-year-old child travelling with... The Mandalorian. Right. Yeah, you see what I mean? So he's five. Oh. He's the appropriate age of a five-year-old ch- human child. Have you met a five-year-old? They don't behave like that. No, and that's they don't what I'm eat, saying. That's eat, why I'm they, using Baby they Yoda they as a They don't human eggs, do they? No, he's 50 years old. What he's acting to? Anyway. And you, I, d- I don't, maybe he doesn't retain information as well and, and spiritually and emotionally grow as quick. I don't I mean, well, you still haven't. Well, well, if you want to get down that route, he's behaving like an absolute ballend when you meet him, uh, Yoda, in The Empire Strikes Back. And he's behaving like a kooky, yes. fucking annoying novice. Yeah, he's a, a test. test. Yeah, yeah. And then you meet him in the prequels, and he's this noble warrior, leader, guru. He's Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid. Uh, then you meet him uh, later, later on, even up to the moment he dies, at Return of the Jedi, he's like that. In the Clone Wars, he's like that. So Ryan Johnson has him turn up, and then he's, he's turned back into that knobhead that was hanging round Dagobah. He was- What's going on? What's going on Dagger, with that? Huh? Are you doing a George Lucas now? Oh, no, I'm not. A Nabu. I always, always said Dagobah. It's Dagobah. Dagobah. Oh, right. Dagobah, Dagobah. You know, it's, it, we know where it is. It's a Potato, smelly swamp. Tomato. Yeah, it's a smelly swamp world. And and he, why is he doing that then? Is it, what is it? Some nostalgia trip. So Luke uh, has a flashback to the Empire Strikes Back. It, it, maybe. Just, just, saying, just saying, just saying, just saying, he's back to him, that version right. of him. Another question, very important, Yeah. Uh, on this species, okay? Yeah. How come Yaddle yeah. just speaks normally? So, is she the freak, or is Yoda the freak? Let's leave Grogu out of it, because he can't string a sentence together. Well, I mean, at In the Tales end of, the, of day, the Jedi, that was re- released last year... I've met some people who speak weird... I have. As Yoda weird? Yeah, Yoda weird. Really, seriously, they talk backwards almost. I know some people who just go, yes, Chris, well, this, uh, it's a show. It, a show's go, it's a, it's a show, certainly it's a show. And then they'll repeat that again and then they'll go backwards and forwards and you think, we're not getting anywhere here. And they'll repeat things 20 times. Not pissed, just that's how they are. There's some people who speak almost backwards and the sentences are all over the place. The more intelligent people are, the weirder they are. Yeah. Okay. I've always found that. Sure. You know. Right. That's why I'm glad I just speak normally. Well, ish. You know what I mean. Yeah. 
Anyway, we've, uh, we we're go. definitely running out of time now. Okay, right. Uh, well, let's wrap up this punisher news then. Punisher's yeah. back, Bernthal's yeah. back. Oh, You're be happy fun. about that. Oh, yeah, that'll be really fun, that won't it, eh? You know, I've the got... cheeky, cheeky punisher. Uh, he won't be really the punisher, though, will he? He'll be the uh, detentioner. He'll Why? be, yeah, uh, yeah, you, you've been naughty. Go to detention. Yeah, I'm not going to blow your face off. Um, he'll be the uh, the reprimander. Uh, no, it's the reprimander. That's that's who he'll be. Do you not? Do oh that? no, it's the reprimander. He's going to tell us off sternly. Didn't he say that he wouldn't reprise the role? Yeah, he did. Uh, if Disney, but this is a, t- a certificate thirteen show. How do you and know? Because they said it is. They said it is. They Dead literally, born again. yeah, they said it's a. It is a PG thirteen show. They've right. said that on the record. Now if they've changed their mind. Great, I'm all for that because I. It was fun. I've watched. I've read all the different incarnations of Daredevil and some have him as a, a devil may care. At the beginning, he was just a devil may care superhero, very similar to Spider-Man. He was doing Spider-Man wisecracks and all that. And then when they really realised that people were just seeing him as a clone of all the other stuff, they made him darker, based him in Hell's Kitchen. So he's still in New York, but he's in Hell's Kitchen. Frank Miller started darkening the tone. You had all sorts of stuff. And then they and they've reflected that in the Netflix show. So they went with that version. Now the version they did in She-Hulk is a genuine version of the comic book that I've read. But it's not the version that I liked. It's a version I read, and it's a version that I would say if if you've got a hundred people who read that comic, maybe two people would stick their hands up and say, Yeah, I love that fun devil may care character. No, they want the Netflix Daredevil back. Um that's the Frank Miller Daredevil. And they're not going to get that in a PG-13 TV show. And The Punisher, oh my God, the stuff that he did in those two seasons of that show. He would torture people. He would torture people in that show. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's going to be the the reprimander. Naughty boy! You Disney naughty Plus boy! Is the home of a, of a lot of adult content yeah. these days. Oh, yeah, and, uh, no, and not that they make. Di- Mostly. Well, look, they've stuck their name on not it. Not to bring but... it back to Star Wars, but you know, Andor mm. that wasn't designed for children. Look at what the MCU were doing. WandaVision isn't designed for children, certainly. No, but it's it's not got torture. It's got mental manipulation, but it's not got torture. I'm just saying that you can't have the visceral scenes of violence that somebody who likes the Punisher wants to see people's heads split open with uh, chainsaws. They want to see people's um, bollocks blown off on the toilet. They want to see... They, they. I'm sorry, but that is it. You don't go and read a Punisher comic because you want him to go around bollocking people and to, and, and telling them off. You, you want him removing the bollocks. get away with a lot more than that, and you know that they I, can. And you know, you must know that the MCU is taking risks these days. I think if that's going to be a 13 punisher, he will be the reprimander. He will be he will be handing out extra homework if you're being naughty. He really will. Here's some legit bad news about it up yeah. front though because yeah. we don't know how it's going to go down but it yeah. seems that Deborah and Walt and uh, Eldon Henson yeah foggy and Cam. Yeah, they, that's they're that's not coming his, back. they they were straight off the comic book they're page. Not I'd argue she was great, brilliant. Although you need her to disappear for a while 
if you're going to do the the storyline that's coming up. Mark, but they just yeah. did the Born Against. They just they're calling this Born Again. But they just the last season of <laughs> Netflix Daredevil was Born Again, well, but they altered the, the end. They altered the end of it, right. so it didn't have all the the what happened in the comic book. Now, if you're going to do that, you need her to disappear for a bit and then come back, and it makes it interesting. But Foggy. All the way through the comic book, he he is the yin to the yang. He's always there, and without that dynamic, this show won't be. And and I'll tell you something: you read that comic, and that actor nailed it. I mean, he he is he nailed it more than more than the um, the Matt Murdock character. Yeah, there you go. You know they split Matt Murdock into two people in the comics now. No, uh, Matt and know. Mike Murdoch. He no. used to pretend to be his, his twin brother by putting weird glasses on that were not him. Yeah, right. and he, he had two versions of himself, and they've actually split him into the two now. I'm just saying. Oh, but Electra's okay. Daredevil now, anyway. Oh right, okay. Yeah, she's Daredevil. So you've got a female Daredevil. Awesome costume. You won't believe how good she looks. All oh, right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one of the best redo. Costumes I've ever I was, seen. I was going to say you're actually sounding very positive about this. About about usually... the comic book, yeah. Yeah. This not no 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 no. Well no no. Come back next week for two be, more yeah, pieces of this news. This will be the the bra- brave devil and the reprimander. It'll be out there to to tell all the naughty boys and girls, where, and tell them all off, tell them to behave. I had some behave. I had some Hellboy news as well. Did you know that that's coming back? They're I, doing another Hellboy movie. Well, it's, it's called The Crooked Man, right? Written by Mike Mignola. Yeah, yeah. Re, well, recast again. Well, forget it then. Jack Jack Kessie. No, we it, don't was, know him. it was. It was. It was in Deadpool too. They got it right with those two films. Uh, if you like the character and you love the comic book, they got it right with them two films. That third film was a car crash of a film. I can't believe they bought, They even thought it'd be a good idea. And they go and get somebody to play him who they then spend a fortune on makeup to make him look just like the, the actual <laughs> guy, Pearl. Pearlman, to look like Pearlman, who Pearlman was literally gagging to play it, it again. It was David Harbour as yeah, well. Yeah. And he's very embarrassed by that movie. Yeah, it yeah. did not go well. No, it was a disaster. And But, but it's weird that you recast it and then you spend a fortune on prosthetics to make him look identical to the other actor. And the other actor's been stood there all the time going, hey, I want to play him. And, and he made it play no, that yeah. even if the budget's not amazing, I love playing Del the character. Del wanted to return. Everyone well. did, yeah. I expect this one to be uh, much lower budget, under the radar. Oh, I mean, God. the fact that it's oh, called The Crooked Man. Oh, it's set God. in the 1950s. Yeah. And it's uh, about witches and, uh, and stuff. Yeah, that'll be all right. Yeah. But it... It's a shame. It's One a shame. of the best pieces of news. Yeah. It's directed by Brian Taylor. You know what he directed no. previously? Go on. Crank. And you know how much I love Crank. Oh well this uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be good, isn't According it? According to yeah. the hundreds of this shows. This is his comeback movie, this is this. This this is comeback movie, this is it. There we go. Yeah. Three pieces of news. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We managed we managed it. We, we managed go. a show and we weren't even here. I but know. but next week the good news or bad news, it depends what way you want to look at it, is we are here in person next week. We want to, as we go, I'll thank Mr. Kendo Nagasaki for being such an icon and being part of the show and doing uh, doing us the favour of appearing and coming to meet us at Fab Cafe. Thank you very much. I hope everybody enjoyed that part of the show. And 
put up with us for the rest of the show. In the meantime, I've been Mike, he's been Chris, and we will see you live next week. of history to be found the legends of time all the handiworks remain only the dream away to Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. until 10 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International. Starburst Radio is sponsored by Fab Cafe, TV and movie theme bar. Portland Street, Manchester. Starburst Radio is sponsored by Fab Cafe, TV and movie theme bar. 109 Portland Street, Manchester.